morning. How is everyone? Are you good? Woo! Isn't it a good day to have a good day? There's more stuff that doesn't belong up here. There you go. All right, so good. Just like me throwing things off the countertop at home. That does not belong there. That does not belong there. That does not belong there. So, all right, and guess what? My computer decided not to wake up. Let's get to this place. How are you today? I, you have to know that literally that, uh, that trip, I was just came back from that trip this week. And so uh, as exhausted as I could be, I refuse to even think that way because I'm so refueled and just uh, replenished with, with what the Lord did down there. So I got to spend a week in Brazil, and that week, uh, I've done it several times, and that week, I'm telling you, is absolutely, it's like taking a bath in the presence of God. I, I, I can't really express to you, people will ask me how Brazil was, and, and Corey asked me this morning, and I go, I looked at her and I go, you know, we can talk about this for months, because it gets unpacked, and it gets unpacked, and it gets unpacked because of all the things that happen while you're down there. And so really, it's, uh, you're bathing in it, uh, you're worshiping, you're ministering, you're praying, and literally bearing witness to miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And, and it's incredible. So I'm going to be able to share some of that with you. But I'm going to tell you, Brazil holds a really special place in my heart. And what's interesting is it started out because it started out as a search for something. And... It became a place where the Bible actually came to life. Does that make sense to you? There's a lot of things that we know that the Word of God says, but we don't know it. There's a difference between knowing something. And so it was a place where my biblical, but where my experience began to match what the biblical principles were. Like, so the Bible's up here, and sometimes our, what happens is our experiences are here, and then we try to bring, because, because we want to rationalize, we don't want to feel like we're missing out, we don't want to feel like we're wrong, or we might even be a little intimidated or scared. What we do is instead of raising ourselves up to try to meet the biblical principle, we actually bring the word of God down and we milk it down, and our theology becomes our experience, right? That's not who God is. That's not who he is. And so he is the God that wants to meet you in the experience and what's interesting is you and I can chat all day long about theology. You and I can have conversations about theology, but you know when it comes down to it, your theology might be different than my theology, but guess what? If my experience meets my theology, you can't, take, you can't talk me out of my experience. Do you hear what I just told you? You, you, can't, I, you can't talk me out of what I've experienced when I've met the Lord in certain places. And so I just want to walk, walk some of this uh, through with you. So uh, what's interesting, back to this, this Brazil trip, in 2014, I went on this trip, and that's where I met Pastor Nathan. You've heard me say that before, and you've heard Nathan say that. And so in that place, it was, it was meeting and trying to, um, to get to something. I'm going to tell you, there's a verse that intrigued me that actually got me probably on this trip to Brazil, and it's this verse right here. Uh, it was? There it is. <laughs> John 10.10. You've seen me preach on this verse several times, and this verse keeps coming up and coming up and coming up in my life. The reason is God, it's, this verse jumped off the pages at me probably 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. It's like it leapt off the pages, and it wrapped itself around my heart, and I had to wrestle with it. And I'm going to tell you, I had to wrestle with it because it, of what it says. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Right? And I have, now these are Jesus' words. Let's, let's, all, let's just even get that straight. If I could put those in red, this is, these are red-letter words in your Bible. 
That's what's so precious about reading a red-letter Bible is because the words of Jesus jump at you. They literally, this, so this is God. So if you can imagine, can you, you imagine that, that Fletcher's, can you imagine Jesus looking right at you and saying, the thief, this is Jesus, the thief comes to steal, kill, and, and destroy, but I come to give you life and life in the full. Do you hear what he's saying to you? He's telling you that there's a thief, and thieves take things that don't belong to them. This thief is also, not only does he take things that doesn't, don't belong to him, but he also steals things, he kills things, and he destroys things. But Jesus says, I have come that you, every one of you, every last one of you may have life and have it in the full. That verse intrigued me because I didn't have life in the full. Yes, I was married. I had the home. I had the three children. I had it going on. I even served in the local church. I marked every box off really well. But I didn't have life in the full. There's something about life in the full that intrigued me, and that was the passion that drew me into seeking out this life in the full that, God, that Jesus promised. If it's the word of God and I'm supposed to believe it here, I need to believe it here, right? And so in the pursuit of that, I want to tell you, I went after it. I took some classes. I, I got into a good church. I remember walking into the church that we were in. in uh, we'd left a certain church and went to a new one. And I remember walking in the doors, and I felt it was like electricity in the air. It was something I'd never felt before. I knew it was something different. I knew the Holy Spirit was in the place, but I didn't know how to get to it. And so I began getting involved, and, and I began engaging. And what I did is I kept seeking, because until that verse is, until I could taste the fruit of that verse, I wasn't going to give up. And so what got unpacked is I took some classes, literally took a 22-week class called Doing What Jesus Did. 22 weeks I spent in that class, unpacking the Holy Spirit, unpacking the gifts of the Spirit, beginning to learn about who, who this triune God really was, this Father in heaven, this Jesus that walked the earth, and this Holy Spirit that's supposed, that I'm supposed to walk with. Learning about it. Well, let me tell you, as those, those days went, I ended up at a conference with some elders, uh, and then, uh, and, and to, I'm going to tell you, my daughter went with me. Can everyone welcome Caitlin Ferris in the house? My lovely daughter decided to drive about six and a half hours yesterday and come surprise me, and so we went out for dinner last night, and she does have to leave right after service. But what a gift she is. This is my birthday gift right here. Isn't that great? So Caitlin went on that first conference with me out to Bethel. And it was at Bethel that I literally realized the Lord wanted me to go to Brazil. And later on that year, I went to Brazil. And that was my first trip. That was where I met Pastor Nathan. But we went on that trip. And I'm telling you what, the most intense and amazing things happened on that trip. I, I had no idea what to expect other than the unexpected, and we met the unexpected. The very first night we were there, I'm going to tell you some things, and you're, you're, you're probably going to wonder if I'm crazy or if they're believable, but I'm going to tell you I was there. The very first night we were there, there was a woman. A woman came in, and she was looking for the miraculous. She was looking to meet the God of the miraculous, and you know what she did? She walked up in the prayer line after service. She popped her glass eyeball out that had been damaged, an eye had been severely damaged. She lost an eye. She had a glass eye in. She popped this eye out, and she came to the front of the prayer line asking for prayer. And the teams of people laid hands on her. And I'm going to tell you right now, 
the miraculous happened. First trip I've ever taken, I, my doors are blown off. What happens is literally an eye starts to form in this woman's eye socket. And by the time they're done praying with her, it took about two hours. By the time they're done, she is seeing dark and light contrast, and she's beginning to see shapes. How do I know it's real? You should see the reaction. There is this reaction from the highest of highs of celebration to the most sovereign crying and heaving crying because of the reverence before a holy God that would meet them in a moment like that. There was a man, there was an old man that got out of a wheelchair that night. How do I know it was real? Because he was surrounded with family. His children and his grandchildren were there, and they couldn't believe what had just happened when he came up out of a wheelchair from being in it for 15 years. 15 years. You don't think the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy your livelihood? You're crazy. Jesus comes to give you life in the full. And this man, he was absolutely precious. And I I just had the discussion with Nathan the other day. I said, do you remember when this happened and this happened? He's like, oh my yes. And he's like, and that old man. And I go, yes. All I can remember is them leaving the auditorium and then pushing the wheelchair behind him, begging him to sit in the wheelchair because his legs have been atrophied from 15 years of non-use. And you know what he said? He said, in Portuguese, I can't say it in Portuguese, but he said, I'm walking home. (laughs) And he hobbled his way home, and they followed him in celebration as he walked. I'm telling you, this Jesus is real. He is very real, and he wants to meet you in those places. But I'm telling you, those aren't the only things that happen on these trips. What happens is the ministry of the heart. What happens is the prophetic word that literally slices through the darkness and gives hope to someone. The prophetic word that changes something. The the, the prophetic word that is pivotal to something that they're looking for. There may be a confirmation. Maybe nobody has actually looked in their eyes and told them who they were. Or it's it's the word of knowledge. It's the word of knowledge that goes so deep and it actually exposes something that maybe they don't want to let erupt, but it needs to come up so that the light of Jesus can come on it and it can be healed. The love of Jesus comes in lots of packages. Lots and lots and lots of different packages. And and he he is by far the healer. And he has come that they would have life. That you, every last one of you, would have life and have it abundant. Let me tell you, um, pivotal moments happen. So when I go to go to Brazil, it's not just even, people ask me, why do you go to Brazil all the time? There's a couple things. There's really three things. One, I go, I go to be refueled. Yes, yes, Stephanie Ferris needs refueled. They call me the Energizer Bunny. I've been called a hummingbird, whatever you want to call me. Yes, I have lots of energy, all right? But, the, but this tank pours out so much that it also needs refueled. And I'm telling you, Brazil refuels me. But what it also does is it teaches me. There is something new. The Lord, don't ever think that you've learned it all. <laughs> we have We're only scratching the surface of what God has for us. Just scratching the surface. This trip alone unpacked a whole nother section of things that he's trying to teach me about. And so I go to learn. I go to learn and be absorbed in it. But the third thing I do is I actually bring people with me 
Because you know what? Brazil was such a pivotal place for me because what it did is it brought my faith up to here. Do you understand? Do you understand that now when I pray for you, that my faith is up here because I've seen miracles? Do you understand that, that I have an expectation that the word of God is real and that Jesus is so real that he wants to come change things in your lives? It might not be that power healing, but what if it's that power heart moment that you need? Right? The power gifts are the power gifts, and they're great. But you have to understand, even, even Paul talks about we must love first. We have got to love first. I'm telling you what, I've been journaling about this for the last probably six to nine months about the power gifts and about how God, he, he, loves, that he, he loves to give us gifts, but the absolute most powerful gift that we can ever use that's in our tool belt as a Christian is the power of love to break through something. How many of you need more love in your life? How many of you need love to walk in the door and minister to someone? How many of you need love in your circumstances and love in your workplace and love at the schools? It's love that breaks through everything, and that's the power gift. And when I went on this trip, guess what those speakers were talking about? Pretty sure they had picked up my journal and been reading it and planning their messages because almost every one of their messages were about power gifts and about the love that had to come first before the power gift. That actually it's all about the love and out of the love, out of being so rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in love, that the power gifts actually come out of that. It becomes an overflow of your life. And that's what we're talking about. So it's great to minister to the Brazilians, let me tell you, but God meets me in the moments. He ministers to me. He, I come home with breakthroughs. I come home with healings. I come home with fresh prophetic words that I get to digest. And I come home with a fiery hope that he wants what he wants to do in and through me. But what's extra special about this trip is actually I went under the covering of Thrive Community Church. And do you know what that communicates and tells us? Is that your pastor, Pastor Nathan, he says yes to that. Do you hear what I'm saying? He says yes to this message. He says yes to the anointing of all those gifts. He knows exactly what happens when you go to Brazil. And what that means, what it tells me is that when I come home, because I'm under the covering, I also come home and in submission to the covering, guess what I get to do? I get to release what I receive. Because whatever we receive, we give away. We freely receive, we freely give, right? And so that is part of this blessing and this, and this trip, all right? So buckle up your seatbelts. Are you ready? Because we're just getting started. It's a pivotal message, and that's what, that is the name of this. It's literally a pivotal time frame for everyone. I want to pray something over you first, though, and it's Ephesians. We're going to pray Ephesians 1, 18 through 21. And the reason I'm specifically praying this prayer over you is because sometimes what happens is I can talk about miracles, and sometimes our walls are going to go up because we don't understand or we might have a little fear in there. Guess what? Paul had the same problem as he was, as he was talking to the um, church of Ephesus. Same thing. And so I'm going to literally pray this prayer over you. It's the same prayer that Paul prayed as he asked for the Lord to give you that your eyes would be opened. So I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. 
That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand and in the heavenly realms and above all rule and above all authority and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So Lord, I pray that their heart, the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, pivotal points. That's what we're praying about. And that's what, that's what I'm talking about today, are pivotal points. I need that definition for pivotal up here, please. There we go. Pivotal. Pivotal is a very interesting word. The Lord gave me this word while he's in Brazil. He always does that. He'll drop the, he'll drop the seed, and then he shows me things. And he, he'll take it, and he teaches me things. And what he was doing, he, he's, he dropped this in here. Pivotal. It's of crucial importance in relation to the development or success of something else. I'm going to tell you, the first time he, he popped it in my head was I was sitting in a room about this large, and it had um, about, I had to tr- calculate this the other day, about probably about 30 um, ministers, or 30 to 40 ministers in the room. We had 30 uh, interpreters in the room with us, and then we, then we had a Brazilian for each one, or uh, two, so or, or two Brazilians, so Easily 90 people, if not up to 120 people in a room like this in clusters of three to four people that were praying and ministering. And as I looked, I was smart enough to sit in the corner because all the noise is out in the middle, right? So I would sit in the corner, and as I sat down in the corner and I took a a view of the room, the Lord's, Lord's like pivotal. He goes, every one of these groups of people, every last one of them, each person that comes in to get ministered to, it's a pivotal, it's going to be a pivotal moment in their life. Literally, a pivotal moment. Whether it's a healing, whether it's a prophetic word over their life, whether it's a deliverance, whatever it is, it's pivotal. He was showing me. And he goes, specifically, Stephanie, he said, every person that I have put in front of you has been by design. I have prepared you to minister to them into the, the need that they are coming with. I have specifically paired you with this person because I need what you carry to, I need what I've given you to come in and through and into them. I need you to minister specifically to this person. So what happens is is we never know who's going to sit in front of us, right? We don't know what we're going to minister to, but what, what a beautiful confidence that brings to my heart, right? Do you realize that every time we minister that the Lord's actually doing lots of twofers and threefers? You know what that means? He's doing it all the time. He's, so if I step up and I minister to Chris, he's giving me the courage to actually step out in faith to minister to Chris. And then Chris gets to receive the ministry, and then he gets to do the work with the Lord. Do you see what I'm saying? The Lord's multifaceted. He doesn't just do one thing at a time. He's doing things all the time in multiplicity all the time. That's why we all, like multitasking is the way to go, right? All right, he is the God of multitasking. I was accused one time of being too much of a multitasker. And I sat with the Lord. I literally sat with the Lord. And I was like kind of heartbroken because it was somebody that I really admired said that. And you know, the Lord told me, he goes, Stephanie, he goes, I am the ultimate multitasker. He goes, it's okay, right? You're, you're wired that way. I've wired you that way. So let's look at this again. So pivotal of crucial importance in relationship to the development or success of something else. This is key, all right? Ephesians 2.10 says this. Love Ephesians 2.10. You hear Pastor Nathan preaching on it all the time, all right? And because he wants you to understand this verse, all right? For we are God's handiwork, every last one of you. Handiwork to me means 
individually, specifically made differently, right? It's this handiwork. It was, you're, not, you're not on a, um, a duplicating press, right? You're not, on this, you're not in a, uh, an assembly line. It's his handiwork, all right? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You're actually created in Christ. So when you are reborn into Christ, you're actually to do good works. You actually have assignments. Guess what? It's not about you anymore. You laid your life down when you accepted Jesus, and he put himself on the cross for you, right? Good works. He's already got them planned, which God has prepared in advance for you to do. He's got them already prepared. He's got them laid out. You don't even have to go looking for them. You hear what I'm saying? You don't have to go looking. You know what? There's a reason that you walk up to a certain cashier at a certain place. There, for real, this is the life we get to live when we cooperate with Christ Jesus. They're his works and not ours. All right? I want to show you the stats from our trip. This is crazy. You're going to flip. This is about how many people were in attendance. We had uh, uh, three and a half, four days. 6,000 people showed up. That was just on site. There was another six to 7,000 that were online with us. Lots and lots and lots of people. Physical healings. We had 1,278 physical healings in the house. You say, how do you know that? You know what? We actually have to keep track. And if they're not 80% to 100% healed, it doesn't count. So I'm talking about if I sat, stood here and I, I prayed with Diedrich, and he had, he had a major pain in his body, and he's like, I came because I have this shoulder pain. Can you please pray for it? And we pray healing, and he gets 80 to 100% healed. We count that as a healing, all right? So 1,278 of those. Sovereign healings, that's if I just say some words from the main platform, and I'd say, it, I would use a word of knowledge. I would say, is, I have a sense that the Lord wants to heal, and I would say a few things. The people would stand, and just from their faith and hearing the word of knowledge, and they stand, and literally, they'll start to move that joint, and they end up, they get healed sovereignly, sovereignly. We had emotional healings off the chart. This doesn't surprise me. We see this all the time, even here at this church. We see it in our communities. Emotional healings are real. 2,518 of them. Salvation's 42. That's by invitation. Salvation's by our team members through individual ministry, 57. Rededication's 18. Blasted means they got touched by the Lord, and they probably landed on the floor, and they may have had a little of electricity boost to their body. All right? This is a, this, that's a special place to be. They're with the Lord on that one. Blind eyes. We had 17 blind eyes opened. Deaf ears, 42 opened. Tumors disappeared, 30 of them. I had a friend of mine lay a hand on a tumor, and it, and it, and it shrunk down to nothing. All right? The lame walked. We had four come out of wheelchairs, and we had medical miracles. Medical miracles are when you have metal in your body, and you have um, major restraint from the metal. Does that make sense? So you don't have a full range of motion in something, and literally all that range of motion comes back. But here's the thing. We don't celebrate the healing. I want you to look at this. We don't celebrate the healing. We celebrate the healer, right? Come on. We don't celebrate the deliverance. We celebrate the deliverer, right? We don't celebrate the word of knowledge. We celebrate the knowledge giver. And we don't celebrate the word of wisdom. We celebrate the wise one. Can you guys give it up for what happened in Brazil? Come on. Come on. So don't check out of me on this service right now, all right? Don't check out of me because you think it's out of your safety zone. Because I'm telling you what, the message 
of Jesus is not a safe one. And it never was meant to be. He put his life on the line for you. And it wasn't the safest thing he did by taking every one of those lashes, that beating that he took to put himself on a cross to die for us. 1 John 3, 8b tells us this, but the Son of God came to destroy the works of the enemy. He means business when he comes to town, all right? Notice that word doesn't say, it says destroy. It doesn't say hurt. It doesn't say maim. It doesn't say disassemble. It doesn't say counsel. It doesn't say coddle. It doesn't say enable, right? Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy, all right? He has no tolerance for the works of the enemy, and neither should we. The Lord so very much um, is for us in our lives. You know, um, Ephesians 3.20 has been my life verse. Uh, if you don't know that verse, uh, it is now to, to he who is... Um, <laughs> there's my daughter, right? It is. And it's, it's, for me, it's that, it's that oomph in my, in my spirit when I say it. Now to he who, who does immeasurably more, like immeasurably more, of anything that I could even think or have a, a, a mind span for. It's beyond my ability to dream it up. That's who he is. That's who he is. And that's the, that's the life we're invited into. So, you know, we've had an amazing service, right, or a series of services. Uh, Pastor Christian taught us about uh, mercy and grace. How many of us need mercy and grace in our life, right? The power of mercy and grace are incredible because when that unfolds in our life, we, we begin to really actually learn, learn about actually where we stand. And it's humbly before a holy God because we need his mercy and grace. But there's also an empowering grace that Nathan taught us about. And in that empowering grace, we also learn about salvation, and we learn to live empowering lives on mission right where we're at. You don't have to be in Brazil to be on mission. If you're a mom, Corey, you're on mission every day of your life, right? You're on your mission to love those kids so well and to actually speak such life into them, right? You're on mission everywhere you go. Every grandparent in here, you're on mission to speak and, and to, like, draw the life and, and who your, those grandkids are up and out of them, right? You're also on counsel. Your kids never, they never go away. Look at this one up here. She never goes away. <laughs> but you know what? It's our joy, right? And this is that family lineage that's meant to be. So we're actually supposed to operate in these gifts. We're supposed to be praying for these kids and for our grandkids, we're supposed to be doing this wherever we go. Y'all laugh at me when I go to Walmart. You know, I now have favor with the Walmart uh, checkout ladies. I'm telling you, you'll laugh. I don't go to Walmart that often, but they know me because there's been a couple healings at Walmart, right? So when I walk up to, when I go, when I actually have my little cart and I'm looking to see, like, you know how you kind of look to see which row to go into or which lane to go into? There, several, a couple times, there's been a woman that goes, hey, hey, come over here. Come, yeah, it's me. And it's because she got healed. She wants, she doesn't want Stephanie to walk through her line. She wants the healer to come back through her line. She wants to have a conversation that's other than hot weather, gas prices, and the price of food. She wants a conversation that has life on it. You all, sitting in your places, you have a call on your life. You're life givers. You have life living in you, and it's, you're meant to expel life everywhere you go. Absolutely. So Chris also set me up great. Because of his obedience, he had no idea how, what I was going to teach. But then I go back and listen to his message, and I just sat and grinned. 
I'm like, and there it is. There's the Holy Spirit working in because of obedience. He did what he was supposed to do, and he set me up. And I'm going to tell you what, he set you up with the words called charisma. Charisma is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. Do you see this? Who is this for? It's for others. This is not about you. Your life in Christ is not about you. Yes, you are supposed to be in relationship with the Lord, and he's doing a work in, but he's doing a work in and through you. This is for others. So another definition that I found, though, is a divinely conferred power or talent. Love this, because guess what? Conferred means to grant or bestow. Isn't that just like our King Jesus? To grant or bestow you a gift to serve someone else. You hear me? Right? That's who he is. So I'm going to hop into uh, 1 Corinthians right now, though, and these are the gifts. And we're just going to talk quickly about these. Chris did a great job unpacking things. So 1 Corinthians, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding, look at that, regarding your question. Oh, hold on. It's the, it's the special, either two fingers or one. Got it. All right. Oh, you're going to have to take it back to the first one. I didn't do very well. There we go. I won't touch it, I promise. All right. So now, dear brothers and sisters, here's your question, because we have questions. We want to know if this stuff is real. We really do. I had questions. I had questions. I had questions. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. It seemed scary to me. It just didn't seem right, but yet it was real. And when I began to, to, to go after it, the Lord was in his kindness, showed me how real it was. So about the questions concerning the special abilities the Spirit gives to us, I don't want you to misunderstand. Did you see that? Don't want you to misunderstand this. Oh, darn it. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. When I see that word speechless, it jumped off the page at me yesterday. Speechless means it's a God that doesn't talk to you. Our God talks to us. He comes in the form of Holy Spirit, and he walks with us every day and talks to us, all right? So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, here it is. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. So Holy Spirit is giving you all these gifts, okay? There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. You hear me? Different kinds of service. We're serving in all different ways, but we're still serving our one Lord, okay? God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. I'm telling you, I have needed the spiritual gifts of my friends to encourage me, to edify me, and to comfort me, and to deliver me and to heal me. I have needed every one of those gifts in the body of Christ. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. This is a word of wisdom, okay? To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. This is a word of knowledge. To the same Spirit gives a great faith. Faith, I've only experienced this twice in my life. Twice this faith, like, rose up in me. It was something that was so not me. And it rose up to, in me in such a way that I had the faith to pray something that I would have never prayed for. And, and in both of those spaces, one was corporately that we, we did it, 
And there was a little girl who was going in for a heart valve surgery that was in, literally were rushing her to the hospital because of it. They thought they might lose her. And literally, I pulled people from an audience that in, a, in a large conference we were in, and we circled up. We had never done this before, and we prayed. And we just prayed. We didn't even know how to pray. And you know what? They opened that little girl's chest up, and her heart valve was healed. It was fine. And they closed her back up. They closed her back up. Another one was an incredible experience at uh, uh, near our shop in Chillicothe where there was a man that I just faith rose up in me and I prayed for him and he, his cancer was, was cured. They were going to take a lung out. They were literally going to take an entire lung out at the end of the week and he was going in. He was scared to death and, and he was going in for all of his testing and his final testings for it and I prayed for him. God healed him. I didn't. But because of the faith that rose up in me, I laid a hand on him, and Jesus healed him, okay? All right. Some of us have this great faith. Someone else may get the spirit and, and gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy, and he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. This ability to discern, every one of our appointments that we have in Freedom Ministries Jesus doesn't show up, or I'm sorry, Stephanie doesn't show up. Jesus shows up, and he shows up with the ability to discern and to walk through every one of those appointments. So still another person's given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret those languages and what is being said. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether, oh, it's from a spirit, yep, and then here we go. It's the unknown language, the interpret, let's do this again. There we go. We'll get this right one of these days, right? It's the one and the only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person, person should have. And it's an, these are incredible verses. So this is the written word of God, though. You can check it out. You open up your own Bibles and read it. It's right there. Again, remember when I told you that I was seeking that my experience would come up to that, right? Well, now, now I, I fully believe in every one of these gifts. Fully believe in every one of these gifts. Get your Bibles out. Read your Bibles. Ask them what's going on. Okay? All right. So what's incredible is, again, these are all Jesus. And so what Jesus did is he was fully God. He was fully man. But he chose to lay down his deity. He literally gave us the walking, talking example of what it would look like to to actually walk the face of the earth completely surrendered to God and walking with the Holy Spirit at all times. That's what he did. We can't just look at what the word of God says. We have to look at the ways of God. And, and this is who he is, all right? How many of you need the kingdom of God to show up in your circumstances? Mm -hmm. How many of you need the kingdom of God to, to enter your life in a very profound way or a relationship in a very profound way how many of you need a pivotal moment in your life right yeah we all need pivotal moments again Chris did a great job and I'm just going to give you a couple more words and uh, so that I don't run too late here revelation 19 uh, 10 says this for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy I'm going to give you just a couple of of more um, testimonies of what happened because I, I need you to hear what Jesus wants to do with lives. 
So what happens is, is this verse is very important. It's important you understand this verse because for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That means when I testify to the works of Jesus, do you hear what I'm saying? I testify to the works of Jesus. I testify to what he does. There's actually, it's a spiritual thing that's happening. And what happens is, is as the word comes out of my mouth, as I testify, what Jesus did on it sits what we call a spirit of prophecy. And that's, this is what the word says. Spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy says, do it again. The spirit of prophecy releases faith for you for the miracle. The spirit of prophecy releases faith for you for the breakthrough. The spirit of prophecy gives you courage to do what you can't do and to allow Jesus to do the work in you that you haven't let him do. That's what the spirit of prophecy does. I'm going to give you a few examples First of them was going to be this word of knowledge that was given. Word of knowledge. I'm going to combine a few of them, so it's just important that I do. So remember I told you about that room of people that we were in? I want you to know that we were actually in Brasilia, and Brasilia is like Washington, D.C. to Brazil, okay? The church that we were partnering with is one of the largest churches in the nation of Brazil, okay? In that space then, their teams came in and helped us with some things, and we did these healing rooms. And so in, in the encompassing all of that we have healing room times for the people of the conference but they offer healing room times for the workers of the conference to bless the conference workers okay so in that space here comes this woman now remember i told you it was pivotal moments right the lord showed me all the pivotal moments that were going to happen in the room so i'm over in this corner this woman comes and sits in front of me and as she begins to talk to me i find out that she's actually the head of all their freedom ministry and all of their healing rooms of the, one of the largest churches in Brazil. Not just Brasilia, but one of the largest churches in Brazil. In that moment, I sit down with that woman, and she says she needs healed of diabetes. We start to talk. I hear the Lord say, there's more to this story. Ask her where it came from. We went down that road, and sure enough, there was a trauma related to the time that she had the diabetes, and it had something to do with her mom. Her mom had died. She was so connected to her mom that there were, just, there were things that, that I can't unpack all that, but the Lord just kept telling me things. And what we did is all of a sudden, I got a picture in my head. And I knew that I knew that I knew something that I would never know. And I looked her straight in the eye and I said, You've been, have you been planning your own funeral? And she just looked at me. And she started, she started crying. And I go, you've been planning your own funeral. And then all of a sudden I got a picture. And the picture was I literally saw her walk into a tomb, lay down, and she was waiting for someone to roll the stone over. I looked her in the eyes and I said, you have partnered with the spirit of death. And we prayed our way out of that and off of her. And what I did in that moment, right behind it, is I called her back up into authority. Do you realize some of you are partnering with the spirit of death? And I'm telling you, you're not just partnering with the spirit of death physically in your life. You're partnering with the spirit of death mentally and spiritually. You've said, I'm not enough, and I'm giving up. And you know what I did? I looked her in the eye, and she was about my age, and I said, you know what? You're not done yet. I said, you're not done. The Lord's calling you back up. I go, you have a ministry that he's entrusted to you. What you do makes a difference. You, what you do saves lives. It makes eternal difference. You, she was an operator. She was like a person. She's like a, the general that literally was able to 
to train up teams and deploy teams to set people free to create pivotal moments for thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. And what does Jesus do? He puts it right in front of me. You have to understand, this is not about Stephanie. This is about God coming through and saying no to the enemy. Remember the, the steal, kill, and destroy part? He says, no, not on my watch, but I need to use you, and I need to use you, and I need to use you to do it, and I need to use you. I need to use every one of you. So listen for the word of knowledge. Listen to it. Get trained up in these things. If you don't know it, it's okay if you don't know it. Learn about it. I had to learn about it. You know, there was a, a guy. I'm going to do two. We're going to go. Uh, I'm going to go gift of healings crazy. It's good. No, it's great. I, uh, I had a word knowledge in 2019. Scared to death to give it. Absolutely scared to death to give it. I'm standing on a, on a platform with 100 people, and the Lord gets a, I get a microphone in front of me, and he says, say deaf ears. And I'm like, I don't want to say deaf ears. Because you know what that means? Every deaf ear in the house is going to come up in front of me, and they're going to expect to get healed. But out of obedience, I said deaf ears. And about eight people ended up lining up in front of me. Eight people that wanted a touch from Jesus. He showed up. Stephanie didn't show up. Jesus did. First one was the most hilarious one. She took her earplugs and her, ear, her earpieces out. And she stood there with them. And we tried to talk to her and she couldn't hear us. You know, like you need you need it so that we can pray for you, but yet like so we worked all that out and we end up praying for her. She gets her hearing back. What we're taught to do is celebrate Jesus every time there's a healing in, in the house. So if you imagine you're in a, this, this auditorium full of people and you're seeing these eruptions everywhere in the house because they're celebrating what Jesus has done. This one starts, we celebrate, we celebrate her, and we try to um, gracefully say goodbye to her. And in the moment she stops, she goes, Oh no, 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 no. She goes, My knee. And we go, okay, all right, so we pray for her knee. Her knee got healed, and she's like, and then we celebrate that. She's like, oh, no, 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 my hip. And so this little old woman, she got, her, she got her hearing back. She got her knees back. She got her hip back. She got her heart back, right? She got hope back put into her life, right? All because we hear a word and all because he wants to do it. At the end of that line, I'm telling you, there was a deaf mute. He was the last one that came up to me. He was probably about 20 years old. Oh my gosh, the look on his face. He, was, he just wanted healed. He brought his own interpreter because he had to sign language to the interpreter. And that, that sign language then had to be turned to Portuguese to speak to my interpreter who could speak English to me. It was the four-way. It was literally, this is what it was the whole time. By the time we were done, Jesus gave him ears to hear. And he was beginning to make sounds the first time he'd ever made sounds in his life. How do I know it's real? It's just seeing the tears. He was weeping. His countenance changed, completely changed for life, completely different, pivotal moment in his life. But remember, I told you our God's a twofer and he's a threefer, right? So who else's heart is he changing in that moment? Mine. He's given me faith to pray big prayers. And my big uh, German friend, Julian, was next to me. He changed Julian's life, too. 
I'm telling you, he wants to change yours. Don't be afraid of the miracles. Don't be afraid of the gifts. In fact, I'm going to ask you to stand right now. Here's the deal. I want you to put your hands out in front of you because your God's a good God. And some of you, you know what? Some of you just need to hear. You just need to know that Jesus is real today. You don't even have to go as far as believing about the miracles. You don't even have to do that. You just need to know that Jesus is real and he's in the house. But some of you want more than that. I'm going to tell you a baptism of the Holy Spirit is going to bring you into a place where you're going, to, you're going to feel and you're going to sense a living God. And it's the empowering baptism. Some of you have gone, you've already had that baptism and you, you want a gift. Ask him for one. Ask him that you would operate in a gift that would, you would be able to freely share. Remember, the kingdom of God is upside down. All the things that the world teaches you about getting gifts that you don't want to share, that's a lie. The truth is, everything you receive, you're supposed to freely give. All right? All right, so I'm going to pray for you. Holy God, we just thank you. I thank you for each person in this room. And the Holy Spirit, I ask you to come right now in a tremendous way. Lord, would you meet the one who's not met you before? Meet the one right where they're at needs to know that you are real, that they've been searching for you. Would you meet them in that place? Lord, I ask too that anyone in here that wants to receive your baptism, would you baptize them in the Holy Spirit? They want to be empowered to live a life beyond themselves. To live a life that's fully in Christ Jesus. And for anyone who's looking to receive a gift, Lord, would you pour out your gifts right now? Would you stir up what you have in them? Would you just release to this family everything you've got? And Lord, I just pray a blessing over them as we learn to steward those gifts and walk in those gifts and to bless others with those gifts. I thank you, Lord, for a church that believes, a church that believes the Bible and it says yes, even when they don't understand, but they say yes to you out of obedience. And we bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. Enjoy those gifts.